So hello and welcome back to Footy Hour. I'm your host, Njagi Kevin, and I'm joined here by fellow Footy Hour persona in Karobia Baba. Karobia, how do you do? How do you do? I'm good. I'm good. Niko Fiti. Naendelea Fiti just hyped up for this new season. Nayo Njagi. Niko Fiti manze kusanitize tu na kuva mask. That's all I can say. Kusanitize mikono ama ama liver. Kusanitize mikono sana. Ama zote. So anyway guys, today we are going to be looking at um, the top half of the table. That is position 1 to 10 based on last season's end of the season, right? So and that is Liverpool to Burnley. We'll be looking at where each team needs to strengthen. We'll look at their summer businesses and where first we, we should put a disclaimer for <laughs> Arsenal fans because we tried to do a top 6 to corner wako nje, top 7 wako nje. Kabidi tu tufike top 10 bana. Wako nje. Ndio sasa wetu na sideline. Bana ni huyu. Aina ya mbaga episode 2. Wasi wako namba 8. Top 5. Bana. So Arsenal fans if you are really in if you don't want to listen about the rest of Nezawa eh uko uko mushion anyway let's go how about we start off with um, liverpool yeah, right champions, champions after 30 years right So they finished the season on 99 points and won the league with seven yeah. seven games spare. Um what else? Um they have been in two out of the last three uh, UEFA yes. Champions League finals, right? But um they haven't really done much this window. They've only bought um, one guy, Simikas. a left back uh, called Cost Yes, Costa Simikas. Uh, he used to play for Olympiacos and uh, alikuwa kwele game ya Arsenal yeah, ni so conspicuous that that one young miss eh nakumbuka one of the happiest moments of 20, <laughs> but, uh, my 2020 yeah. so yes yes so this guy is a back is a left back and can only let's say he's a, he's a decent left back but let's let's say that he's just going to be a cover yeah, for definitely. Robertson even that Robertson has been playing over 50 games for the last This is on Robertson is stable. That he really gets injured alafu he also chips in with the assist can take corners. So tunasema tu Simikas ni bench warmer too but we are yet to see how that will go. Yes, so other than that no any other business there's been links of Thiago for the last but one month. But we got Fabrizio Romano aseme here we go but I not yet. Yes, yeah, so I don't I don't know whether it's going to happen but it's imminent. I don't think there's any club now unless Barca come and pull off a Malcolm to Roma <laughs> again in the last still him at the last minute. But but as it as it stands, I think he's on his way to Nashanga mbona there isn't much transfer activity at Liverpool as much as Klopp is just whining on the internet how the legs of Chelsea are going all out. But I think if you want to remain at the top you've got to strengthen surely. Yeah. Yes, like for you to like stay there. It it's just that's like it, I think it's just a case like for Tottenham Villa. There was a point I think that season that when yeah, they qualified yeah. to the final. Remember? They hadn't strengthened that side for like 
two seasons and after that after yeah, that final thing just crumble you get and if they if they had added like one or two signings then i think that would have given yeah, would have, have been, been a step forward to... like they could have now been challenging mm. now the likes of liverpool so so i feel like if liverpool really want to challenge for like and stay there and yeah. give man city a run they'll have to like bring in some new signings at least try and bring bring in a backup to let's say what if sane or salah not sane mane or salah gets injured like let's say for yeah. two months i think that's that's why because at a, in the premier league we know how coaches are tactical like Mourinho kuna vile anajua ah kombe liverpool watalikujia tu na mane salah famino as in you have to have some options to spice up your attacks yet kila time unategemea Mane, Salah, or Fabino. If they go injured for like even a month or two, then Liverpool will be out. And and if they want to defend the league, then they still they need to have options in those in those players. Because you can remember in the uh, the last time the season where yeah. City won the league, you remember, Sane got injured for almost yeah. half of the season. He was out yeah. up to like around January. Yeah, and City still won the league. Bernardo Why? Because they had, up, they they had yeah. Mares. Yeah. Stepping up. So, so Liverpool, money accumulate, then you have to tell Shakiri to play who left. <laughs> you have to start telling Minamino to. Okay, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it will be tricky. Yeah. So basically, with Liverpool have just been lucky when it yeah. comes to injuries, right? As compared to like yeah, they didn't have any. It was just a point where by Salah was injured. Salah yeah. was injured for like two weeks, and by that time the yeah. league was already wrapped up. That time the league right? was uh, it was as good as done. So they didn't really need much of him, but like when things need to be done and Salah is out for about even a month, then they'll face it rough. So I think Klopp itabidia fungue macho anze kuteta juat wana strengthen and strengthens his attack himself. And also, the, also the centre back position, whereby like I feel I feel selling Lovren not bringing in a worthy like a good just a, a replacement for him i think it will really come to bite it might come to bite them the same way we saw with city when they sold company and um wakabaki na laporte and this yeah, other guy and by the way, yeah that's that true that's get. very true because pia as lovren pia was a big influence in the dressing room you know i say when you at least team you are down on a lift up or say as in your presence yake and now that hayuko na kuna cover plus we have to look at it in this in the sense whereby look at city for instance when they lost laporte laporte was the main man at the back so now they had they they have had an option of not playing otamendi and stones for like the first half of the season where then he was like no these guys are not good enough so that's when he had to bring in fernandinho telling me you play at center back so it, so, so so if the same thing happens to liverpool van dijk gets injured let's say up to january so he'll, ha- he'll have to play uh matip and this other guy joe gomez and matip matip rarely plays but he's ever injured so i don't even know what what the issue with him is but definitely they should have strengthened that center back maybe a defensive midfielder but we are yet to see at how things with tiago will will span out but apart from that i think they are still a, a good squad but also they could lose Genie by the way to Barcelona, who we are yet to see also what happens to that. Right, right, right. But so do you think this Liverpool side, because I can say that this Liverpool side is a, I don't think they can be able to achieve that. Do you think they'll be able to achieve that 99 point tally again? 
Uh, I'm also not of that opinion. I don't think so. Especially with how the rest of the teams around them are doing their business, expectations are higher the other clubs. I don't think we can see a 99-point season again. Actually, even a 95-point season, the one that they miss out the league on, will be tricky. But um, we, uh, we can only wait. can only wait and see whether Man City and Chelsea and the likes will rise up to the challenge. So what about City? Because we can definitely say that this City side that finished at one point can do much better. Yeah. But this Liverpool side is bound is bound to drop off, drop just a little bit. But this Liverpool, this City side that finished at eight one, can do can, better. Yeah, can break exactly. that gap. Yes. Mm. So tell us about City. Take us through City and what they've done so far. So City had a strong finish to last season. As you can remember they hammered Liverpool four 0 after after lockdown, and they also got four, a couple. For the fifth goal was disallowed for I think a foul. In the oh, yes. build-up, it was four oh, nil, yeah. and they also stuck the usual six nils, five nils against the likes of Norwich. And in, into their transfer activity, they've brought in Ake, who is another left-sided centre-back. So I'm yet to see how how Pep will work out Laporte and Ake, who are they're both lefties in that in that centre-back combination. So. You'd expect yeah. Pep to pull yeah, off a Pep yeah, thing in that we'll just see uh, Ake. Ake, Ake, play, Ake might be playing at left back. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because it's, yeah. he's even played left back at the Netherlands. Sometimes at Bournemouth. Yeah. And they also brought in Ferran Torres from Valencia, a highly rated 20-year-old who finished last season with I think four goals and five assists, but he impressed. He was actually contributing to a goal, uh, a goal every three games. So he's actually decent, I'd say. And uh, he'd be a decent backup to probably Mares, right? Yeah. And um, um, at the end of last season, I was wondering why Pep wasn't playing Bernardo Silva in many games, especially even in the Champions League game against Lyon, when you expected that Pep will go all out, all out with his best attackers. Bernardo was left on the bench for the whole entire game. Even also the FA Cup semi against Arsenal when they lost, Bernardo was on the bench for the entire game. So I'm, I'm wondering, could there be an issue between Bernardo and Pep? Or maybe it was just a case of like match fitness, because most of the players after, after the lockdown, after sorry, after the the, resu- uh, the the league resumed, we saw like for example Matteo Kovacic, for instance, he wasn't playing that well, right? He wasn't even playing actually. There were some games where he was not playing, so I think it was just a case of like uh, much he wasn't fit or something. But um, I feel I feel like we'll see much more of him right now that Sun is out, and also uh, David Silva. How in that Sunny, I think the loss of Sunny will be a huge loss to City. Because the energy that he brought onto that left side, hugging the touchline, coming in when he's required, providing assists, his link up with David Silva with Aguero was fantastic down that left side. It will be interesting to see whether Sterling, now he's moved Sterling back to the left winger. And it worked well for Sterling because he got uh, 20 goals. I think that's his best return in the Premier League yet. And they still also have Ferran Torres. Yeah, he can cut in, play those little one-twos with the midfielders and get into the box. 
I'm just getting images of him scoring against Arsenal like that. Getting <laughs> <laughs> in from the from the left and shooting with with his uh, right foot. But uh, the big blemish on Sterling's season was that miss against Lyon when he could have taken the game into extra time. Na labda City wangenyonga Lyon huko extra time but as fate will have had it. Your game ili kuisha manze. Like if that game could have yeah. gone into extra time or rather he could have just pull off, done the same thing what Paris Saint-Germain did to Atalanta. Scored equalizer, score an equalizer, then score a third goal immediately. I feel like if they had sealed that messy signing, that could have been the rap. Like there could have been no argument because it could have been uh, a forward, forward line of Messi and Sterling and probably Jesus or maybe Aguero. That could have been it. That would have probably elevated them to the to the heights they wanted to achieve in the Champions League. You have figured two upper quarters now. Because I that just last kick to get them from the quarters to the semis and going forward. That would have been an interesting, interesting deal. At a side, if Messi signed, I would have been telling you outright Pep and Messi have the league next season. So I think it's a good thing for the rest of uh, for the rest of the league that uh, Pep did not land Messi. So we can only wait and see what he can do with who he has at the moment. But when it comes to rotation wise and score depth, that's where I feel uh, City have an edge over Liverpool, right? Because they have nearly in every position they have a solid, or rather, should I say, yes, a solid backup to each and every position compared to Liverpool, right? Yeah, yeah, they have the edge over Liverpool on that. But they are most the area which I think it's still of worry, and I think what other than the Laporte situation last season, what the other position which really yeah. cost them, I feel like it was the defensive midfield position, because that was for the last two yeah. seasons other than last season that was Fernandinho's role, and he really did it excellently, and was one of the best. You know, and he was still at 35 years old. The yeah. Rodri is good, yes, but I just feel like Fernandinho at 34 and 33 he was world class at that position but now you, you've also got to remember he's now i think 35 so he doesn't have the legs to do it like he used to do it and also gundoan also doesn't have the legs he's not a good tackler so i think pep might have to stick to rodri and he will have to stop overthinking some of his midfield selections because you might find pep doing some crazy things <laughs> like playing gundogan as a as a as a what is it called as a cda uh, a false nine even <laughs> <laughs> pep, pep with his crazy formations i think if they stick to rodri rodri is good he's solid he is very quick as compared to the rest of of the park, he's good in the air, he can tackle. I think he's their best option for CDM. Yes, and probably he'll have like a better season as compared to the, that was his first season in, in the Premier League, right? And it was, I'd say it was decent, yeah. it was solid. So, probably in the second season, it will be even much better because that that position, like, it will really be it's quite integral to that city side, right? Yeah, by now he'll have accustomed to the demands of the Premier League, and I think going forward, that will be. That will, he will be good. He will grow into the position much better. Yes, and there are also rumors that Kulibali might come in at some point towards the end of the transfer window. So <laughs> another left-sided centre back. I don't know how. Is, is, is Kulibali? Is he left-footed? Is left-footed, right? Yeah, Kulibali is also left-footed, just like Aki and um, Laporte. <laughs> yeah. But it, I feel like it do them are really good if he like sign for them. So with those as as of now, who do you think would between the two who will finish on top? 
if if Liverpool brought in Thiago and who would you, who do you think will like win the league between the two because it's definitely a two horse race i think pep after being embarrassed uh, being 18 points liverpool being 18 points clear of pep i think he he might just have the edge because knowing pep and his demands he'll demand more of his players try and push them harder to their limits i just think that um, Pep might, Man City might be just stronger than Liverpool, especially a Liverpool team that is the same team as the team we saw last season, which is a bit, which might be a bit more predictable. So I think Pep has this one. So let's look at United. So they've obviously brought in Donny van de Beek from Ajax, which is quite a puzzling signing in that I feel like, yes, he's a good player, he's a really good player actually, but United could have done with any other player, but not him at the moment. I also thought that um, what United really needed was someone to play in that CDM position. Someone who can partner with Pogba and Bruno Fernandes. Maybe in a three, in a 4-3-3, where someone can sit, stop the play, supply the ball to Pogba and Bruno Fernandes ahead of him. But I'm surprised that... They went for Van der Beek, who's another attacking midfielder. So that that would be quite interesting to see if between him and Bruno Fernandes, who has the first who starts. You know, unless like Solskjaer is planning to play with a diamond midfield, that's the only that's the yeah. only case that Donny starts for United right now, that, right? For United, because especially how Bruno Fernandes ended the the season. He arrived, played 14 games with 8 goals and 7 assists, as much as we must add those penalties. 78 penalties. <laughs> Donny is good off the ball, he makes late runs. Um, he's not a defensive powerhouse, that's one thing that we should keep on. We should tell every Man United player, if you're a Man United fan there, Donny Van der is not a defensive player. When you come on and you say, it's the same way. So that you're I asked I but I'm Because uh, United going forward, they they were good last season. Okay, in the we can say in the second half and especially after lockdown, when that Greenwood, Fernandez, Rashford and Martial, ice cold Martial as they call him, partnership started to work. They gelled very well. Uh, Rashford finished the season with 22 goals, Greenwood with 18, Martial with 23. So the attack going forward, they were good. So I don't find a reason why they needed another attacking player, another attacking midfielder when they could have just gone for a CDM to partner Pogba and strengthen that midfield. And also, don't forget the fact that they get they gave uh, one matter a new contract. So he's still there. He's still in the book. So. I know they're planning to do. Because one matter when squeezing is more of a blogger than a footballer. <laughs> he just go and become a lawyer. Continue his career as a lawyer. And and then he he blog yake. He twenty four hours behind or something. Because no unless McTominay decides to like take a huge leap forward and become really good in that they don't need Matic. Because Matic is actually. Yeah getting old united fans okay he did he did try last season last season he was actually a bit better with social some shit yeah. but you don't expect him to like play another 38 games 35 games so if united went and got got someone in that 
CDM position, someone, let's say, um, someone like Thomas Party, for example. At least they they looked at other positions that they were like um, in the goal in the goalkeeping position. That's what I wanted to highlight. They have they brought back Dean Henderson from Sheffield, which I think is a good move. Will put pressure on the gear who can be shaky at times, can be good at times. So uh, that will put pressure on him so that, because he knows he can drop out of the team anytime and he's a good goalkeeper in on the bench. But they also didn't strengthen on the centre-back position, which they I still feel they have issues on. There have been talks of Upamakano like in the last few weeks and I'm really, fingers crossed that he doesn't go there because if he goes there, that will be quite a really good signing. Like if he partners with Maguire, like he's even a better player. I feel like he's even a better player than Maguire is. Like you say, I think in power Manuel and Achini, they've been unable to to settle Sancho's deal. So Upamecano na na Memkwamilias Then I don't know whether they, I don't think they'll be able to Look at you becoming the prophet of doom. <laughs> so United, that's United. So we just we talked about the centre back position, the defensive mid and Possibly a right winger, a right winger possibly, and that right winger that everyone wants is Sancho. Will he be the one to solve your yeah. problems? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I think if if they can get him, I think he can solve your problems. But the prob the question is, what Ampata? Because I've I've been seeing that the personal terms, you know, Sancho and United were okay, but the problem is. Uh, United are not ready to meet BVB's valuation for Sancho. And that is putting the whole deal off. Then possibly go and get David Brooks or something and then just before the window closes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another Daniel James. Yes, then United fans will keep on blubbering the whole season. Oh, he's, he's the best wing. Oh, anyway, Sancho is useless. But that's why we have that's why we have to have United fans in the universe. That's, that's their purpose on earth. <laughs> So should we move on to Chelsea? I think by now they already know. <laughs> Anyone listening here already knows. Yes, Frankie. But boys. yeah, we can can move <laughs> on. It's not best not to be biased because the two of us are Chelsea fans. <laughs> but yes, so Chelsea, we obviously know that they, yeah. you know, now spending spree, spending spree as 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 to as for what uh, Klopp said today, we have oligarchs who are funding our summer business and it's quite unfair to some other teams but you don't care because you know but most people are saying the same way by them arsenal fans they're saying oh chelsea they're ruining the league but what they don't know is that this we've not bought anyone in the last like is it two windows right Ivan Kovacic, who we had an option to buy because of the loan deal. And majority of the money that is being sent, that is being spent, I mean, is actually money from the sales of Hazard and Morata. So, and also Costa. Costa. Yeah, yeah, and Diego Costa to Atletico also. And we finalized the, the Pasalic deal has also been finalized to Atalanta. So it is over like 200 million. And that's what we've spent, like plus maybe like 30 million for Havertz and uh, Mendy. So yes, yeah, we are very fair. And also, we also lost um, William to Arsenal, which which was uh, what? What do I call it? Let me not attack William at the moment because, he, <laughs> but it was a surprise. It was a surprise deal for. I thought he would go outside England 
and try out new challenges. But you know the thing with William is the fact that same for Louise, like they have a restaurant in London, the two of them. So I feel like I feel like the fact that they, they, they just want to like stay and run the business in London. You get like they've already acclimatized that. So it, so if Louise ever leaves us, we will probably go to West Ham or Fulham. Yeah. You get. <laughs> and that's being a bit thin on option. And considering his altercations with uh, Spurs right from when he was supposed to sign for them and then sign for Chelsea, I don't think Spurs would have been an option for him. And when he pointed to the to the golden emblem on the badge on, during the Battle of the Bridge. We all remember that. And um, we also brought in, uh, who else have Chelsea brought in? They're they planning to bring in a replacement for Kepa. Z- they also played of course, Vana, yeah. uh, Harvard, they brought in Malang Saar, Thiago Silva, Ben Chilwell yes, from man. Leicester. This season is really looking, looking real good, real and good. People, people keep on saying that all Chelsea are not solving the defence issues. Yet we brought in, is it like four players? We brought in Chilwell, brought in Thiago Silva. Malang Malangsa, yeah. in as much as he's going out on loan, he's actually gone by, he's actually had gone to buy eleven percent. Yeah. He also brought in the Wonder Kid, the next Van Dyke in Xavier Mbuyamba. From from Barcelona. And I think something something to add to to that is I think a fully fit Kante is like a new signing. So if Kante Kante has been fit coming into this season, even with his games in France or I think uh, having a fully fit Kante will be very good for that Chelsea defense. It's enough. Like it's enough. Definitely. It's enough to win us yeah. Like a fully fit Kante, it's enough. And also, like if we get to like replace a goalkeeper, find a replacement for Kepa, who's been touted as from, he's been touted yeah. as Mendy, Edward Mendy from uh, Rennes. Who was actually I think the third Rennes actually in league uh were actually in the. Was it the second best? Had the second best defense. Or was it, oh. No, it was actually the third best defense in but, Europe. So he's actually a decent. But I'm keeper. wondering, uh, will he? Is he coming in as first choice or a second choice? I think it's just like the the David De Gea and Henderson situation. Whoever be, yeah, whoever Henderson. becomes better, will have to <laughs> yeah, yeah. And get that. We'll have to. But I probably think that it's Kepa will start at the beginning of the season. Then after some time. You know, they're giving a run of games to Mendy, but then they'll weigh in the option series. Yeah. There's also Rice who's coming in, probably, from West Ham. I don't know whether that gets. So basically, I feel like if Lamp- Lampard this time will have no leeway, free pass, he has to really achieve with this team, considering the amount of money he spent. Because last season, he had a lot of free, he had free passes because he'd lost Hazard, which was far bad. And I think for Chelsea, one of the things they have to improve going into this new season is their home form out of 19 games chelsea won 11 at home drew three and lost five which which was really, actually had a really good away record i remember <laughs> yeah we are fourth best away team in the league but sixth best at home we, and they they really need to work on that because as we know from previous chelsea title winning teams their home form was everything those teams will win even 18 or 19 home games now add on to the away games and scoop up the league but if you can't perform at home surely you can't you can't really stake a claim to the top three 
or even to the league. So as we wrap up Chelsea, do you think that yeah. they have the tempo to like chase for top three? Do you think top three is just for the taking? Uh, I think in this first season, after this, after the number of signings that they've made, what I expect from Chelsea is to bridge the gap, to bridge the gap to to City and Liverpool, and then from there they can now build on a a fight for the title. Because currently the top two teams are only Man City and Liverpool. So if Chelsea can get closer to them and make it a bit more tighter at the top, then now they can. They can now go and challenge for the title maybe in one year or two years, depending on how how fast Lampard can gel the squad together. So it's Liverpool City and a close Chelsea. Chelsea. Right? Close Chelsea. A close Chelsea. Yeah. Because I actually feel like we are going to uh, who are we going to next? Leicester. Because I feel yeah. like third is definitely Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. for the take. You know, unless something really bad happens, like. All their players like get crucial ACL injuries and are out for like <laughs> that's the only way. Otherwise, it's just for yeah. taking. But fourth, fourth place now it's from Manchester United and probably a team which will have a a good season. Yeah. So should we move on to the next team, which was Leicester? There's a point they were in number two and had left Man City with a. Uh, they, they won. Six out of the last 22 games. That was from January. Yes, and that was after. That was after. There was a point. Yes, and I think people people link it to Ndidi getting injured because Ndidi was out for a long period of time after December, and that's when even Vard even stopped scoring goals. So you see where those are where their issues are. Yeah, especially especially that over over reliance on Vardy because. When they don't have Vardy, they don't have like much striking options going forward because they only have Ihenacho and Ayosi Perez who who plays out as who plays as a winger most of the time, and then the injury to Madison also slowed them as the season was coming to a close, and they still don't have able players to step into those positions. So if Vardy was to be out and Madison for a while, then they will struggle the same way they struggled coming to the end of last season. So I was really surprised to see that uh, Brendan Rodgers did not dive into the market and try and look for at least a ball replacement. Because you only, they only, they've only brought in one guy who is, I think, a replacement for yeah. Chilwell, this guy, Timothy Castagna from Atalanta, who, is, who was not even a starter for... And isn't he a right back? He can play on both flanks, like left or right. He can play on, on, on both yes, sides. and he wasn't even a starter. Like he was not a starter, so I don't know... Whether they are going to be <laughs> not a starter at Atalanta, so I don't know whether it's going to like come and play for and uh, become a backup to someone else. <laughs> I don't know, but it was quite a downgrade. Um, maybe maybe before the the end of the window, maybe they'll they'll scoop one or two. Because and li- especially the fact that they don't have, yeah, they don't have Champions League football. So like that thing, it really it really messed them. Because if they, were in, if, they in, if they were in the Champions League, they probably had sold Chilwell for 50 million and brought in someone yeah. for roughly around the same money. Let's say 30 million, someone like Regulon or Tagliafico. But now look at what yeah. they, where they're going to shop. 18 million for a player who's not even starting oh, for Atalanta. So I don't know what they're trying to do there. <laughs> and I also feel like they should bring in 
a replacement for his parents because this guy is basically a second striker right he's one who is used to play cutting cutting in he's not one to like play from the wing and cutting no he's not to stay yeah to stay out wide where he's been pushed by by rogers at the moment i think he he'll he will drive more just off vadi in their central roles which means they'll have to look for a winger in the market so kazi kazi rogers ajue after winger of high quality but i feel like this guy is like uh probably a europa league finish again this season nothing more nothing more yeah. No, unless Madison decides to like uh, pull off uh, an astounding like season, you get like it becomes a grillish or something, because that's what that's what they need. Yeah, the the thing for Leicester, they they need Madison and Vardy to be on their best best level, and for Vardy he he can't go higher than being top scorer. He, he, like he was last. He won't hit twenty three goals again, so they have to look for like. Yeah, it will another be another source of like six goals. Literally, look for someone like to where will they get another like ten goals from somewhere? Because also Harvey Barnes, I don't think Harvey Barnes is that world class. Is just he's, maybe he's he's more of a creator, like uh, the one to whip in crosses, just like this other guy. <laughs> like the guy, what are, Albrighton. What is the other guy? Albrighton. Albrighton is more <laughs> <laughs> this boring, yeah, this just boring run kind of English press. which works like one yes. in eighty-two times. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so let, should we move on to Spurs? Yeah, this is a move. bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, so Spurs. Are there Spurs fans in Kenya? I don't know. <laughs> have you have you seen uh, videos of the, the all or nothing uh, of the Anini? What, the all or, the documentary. Yeah, yeah the documentary. <laughs> Some parts have been quite I hilarious. Mean, I, I, I haven't yet gotten a chance to watch it, but I look for a way. But I've been watching those clips, and they're a bit hilarious because you're getting to see this side of Jose that you've really missed. Yeah, that and, side and of Mourinho in quite a long time. <laughs> yes. So moving on to Spurs, like it's only City, Liverpool, and United picked up more points yeah. since Jose came. It took charge. Yes. So that's like in the last twenty-six games. Spurs are fourth, like based on the last 26 games, Spurs are fourth, which is quite uh, something to smile about if you're a Spurs fans. But then, if you look at their form after lockdown, it was quite shaky, quite mixed up. Because yeah, they beat Arsenal. Yeah. They, they beat Arsenal, yes. Then they went and uh, drew to Bournemouth without having a single shot on target. And that was a Bournemouth team that went on to be beaten 4 0 the next weekend by Newcastle. <laughs> by so Newcastle. Really, it was quite, yeah. So it was really shaky, confusing. You didn't, you couldn't tell where they as a team. Are they good? Are they bad? But they've recently acquired Doherty. Yeah, Doherty from Wolves, which I think is a class signing. And you could see from I watched some. There was a scene whereby an episode whereby Jose was like talking to the players. I think it was a match briefing, and he was telling them, "Oh, Doherty is a good, is a good player. Doesn't lose the ball, so he's quite a Mourinho kind of signing." And also, he, he is someone who chips in with the assists and the goals from from right wing back. But the question is, will he be a good fit at right back? Where and he's been accustomed to a right wing back position at at Wolves. I feel Jose will be able to bring out the best of him because this is a guy who has played for Wolves virtually every game for the last two seasons. 
it was even I was even shocked yeah. to say I don't know even why Wolves managed to let him go. Probably it was the links between. Yeah, it also came as a surprise because Wolves are uh, trying to get into those top six places and then they can't afford to be le- to be letting their best players leave if if mm. they want to challenge the legs of Spurs. But I feel Spurs shouldn't let go of Auri. I don't know whether whether it's com- it's done because there were links with him going to Milan. So I don't know whether. So I feel like if they let Aurea go and they already sold Kyle Walker pictures to Southampton, ah, they'll have another problem. And that right-back problem has always been a problem for them since Trippier went. So they need a backup. They'll always need a backup to Doherty. And to, to think that there, there's a time Spurs are the best fullbacks in the league in Danny Rose and, uh, and Kyle Walker. And now they are both not at Spurs. Now they are completely struggling because even at left back, Ben Davis is not the best left back going going forward. And also defensively, then on the right they have issues. Maybe now Doherty will be able to to solve some of the issues at the, at right back. And also they still have issues at striker because basically there is only one striker at Spurs, Hurricane. No plan B. <laughs> No, nothing. Just vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we, we've seen what could happen if Kane gets injured. Yes, Son will, will chip in with some goals, but no, it's not, it's yeah, not enough. At the end of the day, he's not a nine. Yes. Yeah, it's, he's, he's not... You you can't be like uh, at 1-1 in the 89th minute and then whipping across for Son to hang in at the back post. At the far post and head it back across goal. Cause and plus Son is a dribbler. Son is one to drive with the ball. He saw that goal against Burnley. He drove yeah, with the, the ball. The season, he, he, he drove from the middle of the field. See, and since yeah. the, and since there was no hurricane to give the ball to, he just had to continue running. He just had to go himself. <laughs> so yeah. when hurricane is not there and Son has to come for the ball from midfield, means that the centre backs of the opposing team will just be chilling because. There is no one to engage them because the striker is in the midfield trying to run at <laughs> trying to run at midfielders. And they've also brought in uh, a Hoiberg from Southampton, who is quite a I think from that's Southampton. A, that's a very good signing. It's a, it's a kind of it's yeah, a because he's solid. Yes, he really is a good defensive midfielder. I'd say he know he can dribble with the ball. He's a good passer, very energetic, and he's still young. So I feel like if he was to play with maybe someone like Closelso, maybe Wings, that would be a good midfield. I'm, I'm usually a very big fan of Locelso because he just uses class in everything he does. I think if he gets a run in the team, a consistent run, he can he can develop to be a very a very good midfielder. And they still also have Ndombele, who I don't know what. I don't think he'll be there. What the situation is <laughs> is with him. And also, because he's not Mourinho is not quite his fan, but can only wait. <laughs> and let's not forget that they also need a centre back. In that, Batongen went to his left for Benfica, so they only have Sanchez and Alderweireld as the only yeah. good solid centre back. So, if Mourinho can, yeah, they also have some. They have some Argentine apple. I don't know. What you say a point. Name. Point, which he, Mourinho, point, uh, which Mourinho is not convincing him and he'll probably go out on loan, I don't know, to some team. So they need someone who is really solid. Because Sanchez is not the, the best of centre-backs, like somebody who you'd like, expect to play 38 games in a season. No, he's not that 
Yes, it's good, but yeah. if Spurs really want to challenge, like for the top four, they need someone who is yeah. like on at an equal level or something to talk. True. Yeah. So yeah. if they went yeah. out and picked someone like Milan Screener from Inter, which seems very unlikely, that will be. Yeah. All of a sudden, Spurs have a really good backline. And they also, what they need to improve on going into this season is also they are away from. They are terrible away from home. I think they were 11th. They only won four games away from home. So if they can improve on their away form and solidify their home form, they were third best in the league with 12 wins from 19 games at home, but with only the four away. So if they can improve on that away form, then they can get closer to the legs of uh, Leicester, Chelsea and um, United. Yes, yeah, so that was the white side of North London. What about the red side of North London? Whereby... This guy's gonna... Hey, funny you only wanna choose a... When playing football with blindfolds or something, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like we've done. But the wolves need to figure out Let's go to the Portuguese yeah. side of the Portuguese team from England. <laughs> in wolves. Yeah, but hey, this is a Portuguese team that is just playing in England. <laughs> Led by Nuno Espirito. So, yes. So, with wolves again, it's more of a case of depth again. Twelve, only 12 players played over a yeah. thousand minutes. So, that's like. 11 players and maybe probably one substitute yeah so so because there was this game i remember they were playing and Moutinho came off and the only substitutes on the bench who could come on for him like for like were uh this guy morgan gibbs white and bruno Giordano. i'm like ah is this a team the quality is really appalling that's one thing with wolves yeah they they lack depth the thing with Espirito is he he has one trusted first eleven, and maybe the only people who drop in and out are Jota and Adama Traore. When he decides to go with a two-man attack, he plays Jimenez and Adama. Then sometimes he can drop Adama for Jota. Because it feels so they they are lacking in depth. Because it feels like Konakodi has been playing for the last don't know ten seasons like for. He's always there. He's Consecutively. Always there. He's always there. Yeah. Come brain comes they signed this guy from Real to challenge at centre back, but he, he, not, he was not able to. Vallejo. Yeah, yeah. Vallejo. He, and he, he did. I think he's not even there anymore. I'm not sure. It was quite a disappointment because I feel like if they got someone like, let's say, Ampadu or Tomori on loan from Chelsea, Ampadu was already left for Sheffield. That would be. Yeah. All of a sudden, you have like. Four or five good centre backs who can play at any given time. But at least they've signed this this Leon centre back. What's his name? Uh, Macal, and that that will help in the with the numbers at in defence. No midfielder yet, but they've signed in strike. They've signed Fabio Silva, that highly rated 18-year-old from Porto, for 40 million euros. And only wait and see whether he can challenge Jimenez. And, and get going in the Premier League. Yes, because like the Jimenez, Jimenez is also like, the striking position is also a place whereby like they need backup. Because Jimenez is one of the best strikers in the league and if he was to get injured today, who will come in for him? 
or even a loss of form because it happens because you can you can find that he scored 17 premier league goals last season and then all of a sudden he cannot be able to replicate his his form so hopefully fabio silva can adapt quickly to the premier league and challenge and challenge Jimenez for the striking position when people like Moutinho, Moutinho is also growing old. He's like 34 something and he plays <laughs> weeks in week out. Yeah, and he plays week in week out. So a backup team, someone like probably like Mario Gotze or something. Just someone to like, not really good, but... Yeah, to bring yes. fresh ideas and to be there when... You think now we can move on now to the red side of London, to Arsenal, finally. After 54 million years of waiting. When you're nearing the end of the podcast. So first of all, let me ask you a question, Karubia. If you if you an as if you an Arsenal fan, would you sell Berlin? Bellerin, sorry. If you was to find moves for like Awa or Pati yet, because he's valued at like thirty five million. So like would you sell him and keep Maitland Niles and Cedric as your right backs? For a club that is stifled on fans like Arsenal at the moment, I think were they to get 30 to 40 million pounds? Were they to get like 40 to million, 40, 30 to 40 million pounds for Bellerin? I think that will be a good deal because that can help fund the likes of Award or Pate. And they, and they also have backup in Cedric Suarez, who they, they just made it permanent from Southampton and Midland Niles. So I don't, I don't think it will be that big a loss to, the, to that Arsenal team. I think they should go forward and just let him live to PSG and get funds to fund for award or But party. I've actually seen that PSG have signed uh, Florenzi from Roma today. So I don't know. I don't oh, know to, so I think I don't know which other team will come in for. <laughs> probably maybe now their interest in Bellerin will drop. But the 35 million could have come in handy because 35 million plus probably 15 million and you get Awar who's a quite a very good signing in addition to their midfield yeah and i think they are lacking in that midfield department because uh, their first choice pairing was uh, jaka and um and Ceballos Ceballos. for last season because this kid this kid who was fighting brighton players what's his name gwenduzi no gwenduzi i think gwenduzi has fallen out with uh with ateta El Neni is also has been unable to nail that uh, consistent as place in the squad. <laughs> so I think they will do with our or party. So they need to break their bank and go for one of the two, or even the both of them if they can. Arsenal fans have been quite. They've been uh, talking, about, raving about who we are getting party. We get our, but I don't. You think they can be able to land the two of them? Because defensively. We've seen they've gotten for the first time. I can say Arsenal have good defense for the first time in Saliba uh, and Luis, who can be on a good day. He's one of the best defenders out there, and they also have Tierney, who's like coming off from the, a good end of the season. Yeah. So yes, for the first time, I think the defense has been sorted at Arsenal. Yeah, and that will be a very big step up from the kind of defenses they've had. Because Arsenal, I think, drilled one of the most games in the league, actually, last season. 
because of throwing away simple leads they have a one nil you can see it out to the to the end of the game because of a poor defense because david Luiz decided to give away a penalty or mustafi messed up or something or a non-goal so i think now that they've strengthened on the defense and also the ateta factor the fact that ateta has been able to get his first team has been able to get the best out of auba and now they also have william who can who gives them more options in the front three rather than only Lacazette and uh, and Ketia. Uh, being Chelsea fan, one thing you can tell Arsenal fans is that don't expect to score from a corner. Don't, <laughs> from don't corners. William is one of the worst set piece takers, like corner takers. Yes, he'll score uh, penalties, free kicks, and maybe one or two cuttings, but corner-wise, you know, when you need a goal and you have a corner, don't... In fact, being a Chelsea fan, I'm so happy that we've up- up- upgraded from William Corners to ZH Corners because William Corners were terrible. So, here it was a man who 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 yeah, we now have blades, the blades, the blades and bunny. It's wilder sides, quite, uh, quite yeah. two boring teams. I'd say no world class. Like there's no world class player or good player who from this from uh, Sheffield. I'd say as much as they were like contesting, contesting for like Champions League place. I wouldn't take any player for that. Yeah, team. and they they got to a point they just crumbled <laughs> in that in that they fight. Just had to beat Chelsea because there's a time they were touted to finish sixth or seventh. Uh, the big teams again showed their strength compared to the likes of Sheffield. What I would expect from Sheffield at the moment is to build on to like what we are seeing at Bournemouth. Where Bournemouth was a very good team in the top half. Of the table so if they can keep it going maybe they can last longer than Bournemouth did but I, but they are good they are solid they are very good uh, compact team and the back three has worked very well for they them because they have like the sort of best players for that yeah and they added Ampadu they added Bournemouth keeper Ramsdale and I think a striker from West Brom a back so with coupling that those new signings with uh, the team spirit that they had, their form at home where they even beat Chelsea three 0 they beat they drew three three with United. They they were very good at home. So I think if they can build on that and the fact that they did not get into Europe as they wanted at some point in the season, that can help them to solidify their Premier League position. So they don't end up fighting that relegation battle in the coming season. But one thing I'm so sure of is that the fact that this we could see it with Wolves when Wolves in their first season they finished was it six or seven six I guess then the next they qualified for yeah. Europa League and after that like the first the first tail of uh, the first half of the season like it was they were really struggled because of this this Europa League games yeah. playing on Thursday. Then on the weekend they're going, and then you have a game during the weekend, and you don't have that a big squad. You have to rely on the same guys who started in the Europa League to start in the weekend. You can imagine having someone like McGoldrick playing against uh, what is it, uh, some <laughs> player from Lyon or something like battling. How you get so they just yeah, and then waiting for him to produce 
uh, to produce goals of and performances in the weekend that will be quite quite unheard of but one signing that i'm really happy to see is that ampadu that ampadu signing will really do them good and also the player in chelsea yeah yeah so but also the loss of dean henderson who's finished his loan deal and back to manu that that will be a big loss to them because of his performances but i think ramsdale was also as good for bonmouth i think he can walk in and do a splendid job just as dean henderson did so yes so where do you think sheffield will finish the top half or the bottom half I, i'll go for the bottom half probably 12th yeah. hey, bottom half also oh, wow. <laughs> because i think the legs of everton who are in the bottom half and newcastle they will come up they might just challenge yeah maybe in next season's podcast they'll be among the top 10 teams. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so finally the 10th team, the team that one of the most boring boring teams like it's like the a modern version of Stoke City like a twin yet so boring to watch. Yeah, they play two bands of four. They play four midfielders and the four defenders and only two strikers to roam who they just pin the ball to. Yes, those... But that's Shondesh for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually shocked to see that um, Tarkowski is being linked to a 30 million move towards them of which Burnley are really playing hard to get and uh, they don't want the English centre-back to leave because he's arguably the best players the best player yeah, him and Ben Me at the back and also the legs of McNeil Dwight McNeil Dwight, Dwight McNeil yeah who has also been very good for them but they also lost Hendrik to Newcastle. He was also going to Johan. He was almost going to, to AC Milan. It was quite <laughs> Jeff Hendricks. Yeah, at some point he was being touted with a move to AC Milan, which will have been interesting <laughs> to see. But I also saw that they're linked to Fabian Delph, who's, who seems to have lost uh, a place in Cali Ancelotti's team. So yeah, with with and actually they don't have a major signing yet, so that that could help them. Just look for some boring English midfield and just bring him on and they just manage to scrap 10th, 11th. And, and the thing, the positive thing about them is they now have a couple of years of Premier League experience. They know how to do it. They know how to survive. They know how to end up 10th. They, they, they have not been in that relegation scrap for a while.